Hey everyone, welcome to The Path of Me. I'm your host, Wendy Hutchinson, and I have the beautiful Alana Pratt joining me today. I'm going to read a short bit of her bio. She's an intimacy expert, a global media personality, and go-to authority for those ready to heal heartbreak, live unapologetically, and attract a soul-shaking relationship. This Ivy League grad is the author of six books. Has interviewed Whoopi Goldberg, Alana Morissette, and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations. Season 11, Soul Medicine, where listeners learn how to become the one to find the one, which keeps the one. So welcome, Alana. Without further ado, thank you for oh, joining today. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for being my sister in crime. <laughs> As uh, unfolding, Um, Mm. it is an honor to be here. Well, thank you for joining me. I have watched you go through so many incarnations, I would say, or your evolution has been really powerful to bear witness to. And it's always amazing, isn't it? Like there's just another layer like you think you're good and you got it and then you just get slammed yeah it's crazy tell me a little bit about what the journey's been like just the last year or two for you yeah it's funny I just got off a group call earlier and one of my clients she's been with me about three years and we went through something really deep on the call today she's like how do you do that? I thought I was there and here's another layer, but that's how I sort of see us like these DNA spirals mm-hmm. where we go around to the back dark side of the moon and it feels like we're going backwards or at least for me, it feels like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? Am I still broken? Like all these really negative thoughts, but I have to remember the DNA spiral is still going up, even though I'm going to the dark side of the moon. And then I come around even higher around the front going, Oh my God, I'm even more integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in the la- in the last year, the big deal. So it's been a little over a year, and I, you know, I I was saying to my staff, I got another friggin' piece of paper from the the court. You know, criminal court still isn't happening until the summer. So it was Thanksgiving a year ago. So Thanksgiving, and then a year prior, when I was in a relationship, and I've done so much work. I help so many people have thriving relationships, but there I was finding myself in my first physically abusive relationship of my life. And I was so ashamed, Wendy, that I didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. um, the degree of it. You were there when it got really nasty and you were very straight with me and you supported me with that space of grace mm-hmm. when I got out of the house. Yeah. But I never really told you how bad it was, but you sensed it. Mm-hmm. And the worst that it got was when I screamed so loud that the police came and he got thrown in jail. Mm -hmm. And what I realized was there was something going on in my body. My brain could see, go away. My brain could hear Wendy say, get out. But there was something about my body that wouldn't leave. Mm -hmm. And I would stay. I would literally stay shaking, but I would stay. And what I've learned in this past year was that there were these subconscious, we'll call them traumas, level four traumas that were integrated into my body as a kid where I was told, don't move. You like this. Mm -hmm. Let me do this. Mm -hmm. You know, being abused where my body, like it was trained to freeze. It would just freeze basically. Freeze. Exactly. Or I was protecting somebody 
-hmm. and I wouldn't move. Mm -hmm. And so there was this battle going on between what I could be conscious of the little top of the iceberg, right? Our beliefs, our thoughts, like what we're conscious of, but there was this massive under the water iceberg that was not leaving. And I had to learn how to integrate that so that my body, mind, spirit, and heart, they could all become aligned Mm -hmm. and they weren't aligned. And that was something subconsciously that was running the show, which really helped me, Wendy, because even though we did all this work together until this subconscious piece came in, I was still, what's wrong with me? I can't seem to find a great guy. I attract these crazy business people that take my money and run. I kept having this self-hatred, but when I finally was able to from disassociation, come back in the body and see what I'd never seen, hear what I'd never heard, smell what I'd never smelled, physically feel the penetration in my body or the pinning down of my body. Like literally my arms would go back being pinned back. Like I let my body show me and take me home until I went through that. I'm like, I'm not crazy. I can forgive myself. That was so huge. Not only the integration of my autonomic nervous system back to zero point mm-hmm. but finally ending the self-hatred and uh huge huge i think sometimes when we have trauma like that the, that deep deep pervasive trauma you can do a lot of work but also you have to do it so incrementally because you wouldn't be able to handle the full depth of it, if you went all the way there. And so even though work is happening and you're peeling layers back and you're consciously working and you feel like you're in it, right? And you're working it and you're clearing it. It's so deep and it's almost like it would be so too traumatic to face and confront all at once. And so you must have gotten to a point in your journey where you could hold it, even though it was so, so painful. Yeah. Well, yeah. think back to the first time we met and we did that no touch session, but it got, it, we did, we went, we, we went against the rules. We went crazy. And all, we went crazy. And we jumped <laughs> timelines and they're like, no, we need her boots on the plan. <laughs> and you kind of accelerated. Oh, I think, you know, it was really, really uh, a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah. But we did a lot of deep work. And then my first recalibrate, what is it called? Recalibration? And yeah, you got recalibrated. We did a lot of we did a lot of energy work and healing work. But you know, ultimately, your soul has a plan. And your um your higher self, your higher aspect is is divinely guiding you forward. And mm-hmm. it's usually in perfect time. So we can't really say, oh, it should have been more accelerated or slower or, you know, I was ready to move through this earlier because there's there's kind of a cosmic clock and and unfolding to the process. And so everybody has to, you know, kind of follow that and honor that right in their journey. Yeah. Yeah. So I honor all the work we we did up till that time to to support me, to be able to stay in my body mm-hmm. so I could go from that part that was disassociated back in and go through and literally feel atrocious feelings and, uh, and not abort again. And yeah. actually, what, what was the, what was the catalyst this time that 
really allowed you to feel what you needed to feel, to know what you needed to know and respond differently this time. Yeah. What was this time? It was the sacred use of plant medicine. That Mm -hmm. is the piece I had done ayahuasca, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I could leave and go out into the ethers and I know what I'm made of and all the rest Mm -hmm. of it. And I don't, I don't even require plant medicine to know that now. Um, But what there was a unique usage of um, directing the plant medicine. um, So it's blindfolded and there's no story. Uh, It's just follow your body, trust your body, body sensation, um, emotion, body sensation, emotion, no story. And I think the piece was the plant medicine supported me in staying in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the work that I've done up till that I could integrate what I was feeling mm-hmm. along the way. And I'd never honored Wendy, my body. I'd always honored my mind, my divine mind. I'd always honored my heart. Mm-hmm. I'd always honored my spiritual connection, but my body was just sort of along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Let's you know, feed it well, exercise it. But I had no idea that it held wisdom, nor did I have any idea that left to its own devices, complete surrender, which I learned how to do all the other years of all the work I've done. It required complete surrender to let my body take me quote unquote home, my ANS system, not my anus system, my autonomic (laughs) nervous system (laughs) to take me home from out of my body, Mm -hmm. body, because that first stage, and you've been supporting me now coming back into my body, the next stage, level three from level four is disassociated level three. It's suicidal. It's, I don't want to be here. It's awful. And then level two is hardcore panic or rage. I can integrate that and then mild overwhelm and then zero, Mm -hmm. but that level three, holy doodle, um, the medicine supports the allowance of the feelings to go all the way back Mm -hmm. to, to zero and to trust the body will take us there. I've always been a control freak, Wendy. And, and also my ego. I want to do it myself. So I feel right. good. So right. I had to let go of my ego. Right. I had to let go of control. Mm. And I had to trust my body's wisdom in a way I never have before. And and uh, I think it's connected. You know, that love of being a dancer as a little girl. Like my body knew somehow there was magic. Mm-hmm until 53 to really bring that last piece, not just mind, spirit, heart, but also body as a aligned being. Mm-hmm. As you've transcended this, what have you noticed about yourself? What has shifted within you? Because I know so much has shifted externally. Maybe you can speak to that because that has been massive transformation that yeah. you've had to really hold on and trust the unfolding of and choose to let go of things that have been really, really part of your identity and part of your, your plan. And, um, in business, you know, something you poured a lot of your heart and soul into and, and resources. Totally. That's part of the question, but also like, what was it that when you got through and allowed yourself to do that where where did you go how Mm. did you get through the angst and the pain and the torture of Mm. losing that whole identity I so associated with that so I'll tell you the inside and the outside so the inside first 
doing this work, allowing the piece of my body to catch up with all these other pieces of me, the heart, the spirit, and the divine mind. It's almost like I have a basement now in my hips. Mm. I thought I had an intuition, Wendy. I thought I was instinctual. No, I just had a humongous heart that was so big and so open. That was the only perception I had to stay safe. And I realized now that I've done all this work, it's like I've clunked down. It's like I have this sense of, uh-huh, uh-uh. It's like I, when I'm working with my clients, I can track energy. I'm like, how do I know that? How can I feel that? I can, I, I'm like superpowers now as a coach because I've got all of my system connecting with my client and their, their issues. So that's been really, really amazing on um, the, the intu- intuitive basis. Also, I, my bum looks really good. Like my actual bum muscles. I was not in my hips. I couldn't make the body mind connection to my glutes. I couldn't feel my, like I had not so good digestion. I, I, my, my, my actual digestion is calming down my, mm-hmm. uh, I, like I that, thought, it, do you think it is related to your adrenal response and just always being kind of? Well, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I was so disassociated in my pelvic area from the sexual abuse mm-hmm. that I wasn't in my hips and mm-hmm. my stomach was always on mayday, mayday. Um, my glutes, I couldn't feel those muscles in my hips and my bum because I wasn't in my body there. Um, even my uh, labia, I thought I could feel my my body. Um, but one day, one half of my one side of my labia came on. I'm like, Oh my God, I can feel my body. And I was, <laughs> you know, I think part of this really is, is, um, it's, it feels like there was some trauma in that chakra, obviously, and you were able to, you know, bring it back, bring it back online. You were able to heal it and then bring it back into alignment and, totally. and, kind of just integrate it with the rest of your system and your, your chakra field and light body. Yeah. Physically. And then the intuition and the ability to, to, to sort of, I have ovaries, not cojones, but like feel like this sense of confidence Mm because I'm physically actually in my hips. And then what that led to, as you said, on the outside with the business is I had chosen to create um, the world's first partnering app for people who wanted to date someone who was conscious. So there was the dating portion. There was my intimacy training. There were these live conscious connection calls and who I was when I started that and who I am now, I'm more me. It's not in alignment. It was never in alignment. I tried so hard to make this work, but I wasn't listening to my gut. I wasn't making choices in alignment with my deepest soul's knowing in terms of the partnerships that I made and who I chose to work with. So after 200 grand and three years and my reputation and all the rest of it, I let it go. I declared, like I waved the white flag and I'm literally dissolving the company now as we speak. And that took a lot of courage, a lot of self-forgiveness forgiveness to uh for my to my investors to all of my clients to the world that I showed up with I I had to I chose I didn't have to I chose to let it go and to realign my myself my business my mission is still the same to sure. support people, healing heartbreak living unapologetically being embodied but now yeah I, I've yeah I've let it go I've let it go 
You know, what's so interesting is if you went back five years ago, you'd be like, I am good. <laughs> I'm good. I got this. Oh my God. (laughs) Fast forward, you know, they say hindsight is 2020. You're like, oh girl, let me tell you where you're going. (laughs) So much more. (laughs) Years ago, when we, I think when we first started working together, I was still in connection with my son. I haven't spoken to him in three years. So, you know, there was a, a big breakthrough at that time in terms of letting go of of what I chose so that he would be healthy. I allowed him to live with his dad. And even though I had physical and legal custody, it stopped the custody battle when I took the high road and just say, fine, you can live with your dad. So that was a big deal too. When there's, well, what kind of mother are you? And society ideas and faith and trust. Mm -hmm. I think there's a real power in letting go Mm. because when we let go of things, we don't realize that it's not just the physical letting go. We're letting go of the energy that we've been using to fight for it or to fight against it. Or um, we're letting go of the stories that go along with it. We're letting go of an ego aspect that's identifying with it. It's so Mm -hmm. much more than just walking away from something or just releasing it. Don't you think? Oh yes, it is. And, and when I let go, my experience of letting go is first, it's like free fall and I'm the aspect of, or identity of myself is leaving. And I, and I really question is, is there anything that's going to catch me? And every time there is, Mm -hmm. there's a sense of self. There's a sense of my sovereign God self. Mm -hmm. There's a sense of the universe. There's a Mm -hmm. deeper connection with mother Gaia. Mm -hmm. There there's all of these multidimensional layers or abilities to connect with energies that I never knew were there until I let go. And it's mm-hmm. terrifying. It's terrifying. It is terrifying, but it's also empowering as you step into your, your soul sovereignty in a way that you have never known before. You meet yourself in a level at a level you've never met yourself before. And when totally. you can walk through the world in that place where you are not tied to public opinion or the ego or expectation or any of it, where you realize that the core value is you and yourself and your soul sovereignty and soul power. That's the currency. No one can touch you. And there's no one can touch me. And there's a sense from the inside out, because I've scampered on the outside in to try to be safe my whole life. Yeah. There's a sense of not only this confident sovereignty and not giving a shit what people think, but there's also a sense of home, compassion, mm-hmm. tenderness, safety, yummy cocoon energy inside of me mm-hmm. that keeps getting deeper and richer the more I do the work. I find it to be so incredible at um, the level to which we can go, the depths to which we can find ourselves, you know, and and reconnect with ourselves and that it just continues to get richer and deeper and more spiritual. I don't really like to use the term spiritual, but you know what I mean? There's like this divinity that you tap into the, deeper you go and the higher you connect and the more you release until 
what's left is the purest, most authentic version of you expressed in all things, in all ways. Yeah. When you're able to get to that space, your values shift a little bit, your priorities shift a little bit, how you walk through the world changes. So maybe you can speak to that, like how you are moving through the world as a different version of yourself. Yeah. (laughs) On little simple fun levels, I live on 15 acres in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming, happy as a pig and shit. I've got the horses, little, little, um, there's, it must be spring because everyone's in love. There's the two pheasants, they're in love and they walk around <laughs> the two mallard ducks. They were saying hello this morning. Uh, yeah. So little bunny rabbits places. So I'm, what's different. I'm, I'm from a small town in Canada, but I've lived in Tokyo, New York, LA. No, I'm back to nature really like craving, but almost needing for my, my being, my sunrise time, mm-hmm. my sunset time. Mm-hmm. And so the hustle is dissolving and really honing in on all that matters and a courage to let go of what's worked for decades. That's right. no longer I was curious about that because I think we, we dig ourselves into these grooves and they're so comfortable and they're so, you know, they work and, right. and, you find success with it. You you find all the things, right? You hit all the markers by being in this groove. Yeah. And what's, what has that been like for you to go, actually, I'm going to shuck myself out of here yeah. and, and change tracks, or I'm just going to adjust a little bit. What has that been like for you in terms of, you know, having faith, courage, you know, um, trust oh. in that process? Because how do you, you know, have the courage to shuck yourself out of the groove and go, no, no, I'm going to go over here and do this. I wish I could say I was so confident instead. I just said, oh, I think I'll change tracks because I just have so much self-esteem. No, it was that what was working for a very thriving business for many decades mm-hmm. stopped working. Mm. Bad. I was mad at God and the goddess. I raged. I was like, I do all this work and I make a difference and I'm taking care of myself and I'm blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. like, and you're not even helping me. But then I, once I had my temper tantrum, I slowed down and I could almost hear them. That's not what you asked for. And I said, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I asked for working two or three days a week, not six or seven. Mm-hmm. I asked for my docu-series. Mm-hmm. I asked for programs that have 10 Alana Pratt methods that I've developed over the last 20 years, helping people so I can go out there and serve more on the docuseries. That's what I'm asking for. Mm-hmm. And I can almost hear God and the goddess say, well, then you're going to have to let go of everything else, aren't you? Mm-hmm. I said, but I, I don't want it to be hard. And I don't have a <laughs> husband and there's no one paying my bills. And I've got a huge staff and like mm-hmm. victim, victim, victim. But I'm realizing everything that's in the way of me having what I choose which is a lifestyle where, I don't know, 10 days a, a, a month, I'm out on set. I'm traveling around. I'm I'm interviewing my family, which are my clients. Mm-hmm. Interviewing people like you for my podcast. I'm showing that every leader is both vulnerable and credible. I'm showing my wobbly side as I do my deep inner work. I'm making it safe for humanity to be real. Like that's the show. Mm-hmm. And then when I come home, I'm not going to work six days a week anymore. I'm working two or three there's a pile of books that I want to read about this high. 
uh, a life partner who I haven't met yet, who I choose to make love to all weekend long. <laughs> my son. Well-deserved. Thank you. And my son who hasn't returned yet, who I choose to make space for his return. He'll so come I'm, back. He'll come back to you. I'm taking the steps with great faith and trust. And I do have the fetal position of terror every so often. Mm. And I do get pissed off at God and the goddess every so often. <laughs> but I'm moving forward to, to shift my business, shift my lifestyle and create the buckets, the space to be filled with that which I choose. And then ultimately let it go. You, you have a better idea? Fine. Like a, a surrender to divine. There's so wealth. much into in the surrender piece. Yeah. There's so much to that, I think. Um, when you have the courage to surrender, you invite all the potentials in. Because when you're not surrendered, you're literally holding on. You're in some some gradient of fear and control. Mm -hmm. If you're not surrendering, you're trying to manipulate something or um, accomplish something or force something. There's just an element of fear and control, right? Mm -hmm. Um, getting to a place of complete yeah. surrender is so, so huge. And I'm hoping that you come to the other side because you've worked so hard. I hope you're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, it's, it's a journey. And once I get there, there'll be another light at the end of the tunnel, I'm sure. But I think mm -hmm. what's important for people to understand is that surrender isn't sitting on your ass going, okay, well, let's just see what's going to happen. I'm in active motion, putting one foot in front of the other while simultaneously being as unattached as possible, surrendering as much as possible, that everything I'm creating might crash and burn. Everything I'm creating might totally work out. Everything I'm creating might take a left turn. I don't know. But it's this it's this elegant place of completely letting go while completely showing up all at the same time. And it's it's exquisite in those moments when I really nail it. And then I'm human. So I'll have a moment of clutching or I'll have a moment of giving up. And then I'll get back on again. And then I'm the embodiment of surrender, which is active, not passive. Right. And to me, that is the embodiment of, of faith, not faith in my head, hoping something's going to happen. But no, I'm showing up, hearts blade wide open, jumping off this cliff, taking full responsibility, owning my shit, being a grown up, all the things and letting go. And doing my best to have as much fun along the way as possible. Right. How How is that impacting your relationships with your staff and your clients and your friends have you noticed any shifting in dynamics there or in your relationships with um the people in your circle or your life because you're yeah. shifting clearly yeah well there's been no no uh wrestles in the trees of men so clearly i'm i'm still unfolding in that department like mm -hmm. no one wants to come anywhere near me so that's fine <laughs> um i because i'm quite unapologetic and I'm, and I'm owning it in ways I, I haven't before. So that's love department. The team, my team is amazing. They're stepping up. They're, they're having breakthroughs. They're, this is not a job. They say, this is like a mission. Mm -hmm. um, all their lives are flourishing. They're getting engaged. They're moving into their boyfriends. Their marriages are better. Like all my staff is thriving romantically. So it's about time for me at some point here. Mm -hmm. um, clients are definitely leaving if they're not willing to ascend. And they are, some of them have been a little cranky, but then we have the breakthrough and they're like, oh my God, thank you for not, because not all of them have necessarily been terribly kind at times when they get triggered. Mm -hmm. Realizing, okay, if they want to go, they can go. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to be aligned with truth. This is what, this is what I see. And they're integrating and they're having incredible breakthroughs. And I would say the familiness, the, the collective, the community of, of watching each other grow. It's almost like you get, you know, you get sort of caught in the breeze or you get caught in the tailwind. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a momentum happening in the groups that I'm coaching where it, it's making it easier for others to rise because we're all rising together with the tide. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. exquisite, exquisite to watch. Yeah, that's so beautiful. What have you learned about yourself through all of this? What would you say has been a huge takeaway for you in navigating all of this and just being in the darkest of the dark and then rising to the to the light, truly? I I don't quite understand all the experiences I've had in my dark times. I I sense they have been multi, like different lifetimes Mm -hmm. because they don't make a lot of cognitive sense, the level of hell that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've learned- soul clearing. It is soul. It's not just Alana Pratt life. It's soul. It's I've seen things that don't make a lot of, well, don't make any sense of this Mm -hmm. lifetime. Um, Yeah, I'd say that I had no idea I was this strong because I had no idea the dark was this dark. There's there, the experience of my ego has been, there's so much on the line, looking good, a business, staff, clients, like so, so much attachment to the identity of the way it has been. And then this dark night of the soul. I think the biggest takeaway is that those who really love me will still love me. And Whatever I'm meant to do here on the planet, I'll still do. And anything else I can let go of because it wasn't really that true in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's if becoming naked, taking off all the masks, all the clothes and just standing there unapologetic and going through the pain of those that have turned against me, welcoming those who have waited for me to get here to finally show up and be in my life mm-hmm. and bottom line so much self-love and compassion and home inside of me mixed with the bravery of all the darkness that I went through to get here. It's like a homecoming that is beyond articulation that I'm so, I'm so proud of myself. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. It's been beautiful (laughs) to be a witness to. And also it's really hard to watch people suffer and mm-hmm. know that they just have to get through it. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do to intervene except hold space, you know? Yeah. It's really hard to watch people go through it. You you know, as a coach, right? You know, watching your clients just go through some really tough things and you're like, they got to figure this out. They will, they'll get to the other side, but it's it's painful to watch sometimes. Yet we can't be that. We can't be a great uh, facilitator for another if we can't be a great facilitator for ourselves. We have to interrupt them. We have to fix them. We have to take their pain away. But what I learned in this last round, this last year of going into the darkest places ever, there was the me, the witness of going through the dark place and me going through the dark place. There was like aspects of self. I could be with myself through it all. Mm -hmm. So I would say to myself, Okay, take like higher self would say to my self going through the darkness, take me with you. And I'm like, oh, that's all that really needs to happen is just take me with you. 
take me into the darkness, take me into the, I was never alone. Mm -hmm. I had facilitators, we had sessions and my higher self or sovereign self was always there with my part that needed to come home to be integrated. So when we can be that for ourselves, then when we see another quote unquote suffering, it doesn't look like suffering anymore. It looks like they're going home. So mm -hmm. I can be with my clients and say, I hear you, take me with you. Mm -hmm. I'm right with you. I'm right with you. And I can, and not abort. I don't have to fix. I don't have to hurry them along. I don't have to suffer myself because I've been to that darkness and integrated that piece. So I can just hold them like the cocoon, knowing that there's nothing I need to do, but just be with them. We're never alone. Yeah. And I love that ability to be there with someone. And they get the gift of, I did myself. I got through myself. Like they took ownership. They of course, evolved. yeah, to me as the savior or whatever. I'm just the witness. I think to be able to be in that space and not have that ego part where you have to intervene and you have to, you know, go in. I think yeah. so, there's a lot of power in just holding space and just allowing whatever it needs to unfold to unfold. And you kind of know when you need to be the touchstone and just, you yeah. know, offer something or not, or step back or, you know, it's wow. kind of a fine dance, I find. True. I never got something to right this moment. And I'm so grateful. I, in the past, when they would get the trigger, I knew how to guide. I knew how to like, I knew how to help them home. I knew what, what to, what question to ask or, or what have you, but my body, when it witnessed their body going through that, that was that last piece. Remember I was saying spirit, heart and divine mind, but my body, I hadn't fully surrendered to my own body. So I couldn't fully surrender to their body freaking out. But now that I know if I totally surrender, my body will take my autonomic nervous system all the way home. I can be with another's panic. I can be with another's rage. I can be with another's sorrow. I can be with another thinking they just want to die or they're going to freak out and have a nervous break, whatever it is. I literally can be with that knowing that their body knows how to get them home. And I never got that until right this moment, Wendy. So thank you. So that's my depth of ability to be with people on all levels, body, mind, spirit, heart, all of it. I know that we have the capacity to return to. And I think that only comes from doing it ourselves. Hopefully. No. 100%. I get really frustrated when I when I bear witness to other guides or coaches or people who feel very um, forward in a teacher role when I know, because I read energy, exactly where they are. And they're saying a lot of things, but have not done their, their work. Here's the thing. This is also, when we do this work, the 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 client i believe i can feel if they can hold me or not i can only go as deep as they have already gone if they're shallow i i won't let go i won't be vulnerable i won't trust i trust myself to go nope they're they're they aren't my person because my body is doing this it's clenching up it does not trust but when i'm with somebody that has as you just said not just says the words but energetically aligns their body aligns it all aligns something in me goes ah oh, i can trust it's a feeling, it's a resonance, it's a vibration. So, so viewers or listeners trust yourself because part of you will be like, you might still be nervous. You might still be scared, but a part of you knows, oh, they got me They They got me no matter what, because they've 
they've stepped before me. They're not better. They've just stepped before you and they can hold that impeccable space that you deserve to surrender and do the work to come home, but they're not going to fix you. They're just going to be there to hold space. I think a huge part of this too, is that uh, people need to have discernment around who they work with, around information they take in. Um, They have to have discernment around what serves them, what feels aligned, what feels right, what feels false, what feels true. There's such a lack of discernment, I found. And without discernment, you cannot find your way home because you are just like a squirrel, like following every breadcrumb and trail and person and guru and meditation person. And, you know, you're just like so ADD in your journey. Yep, yep, yep. You can't come home to yourself because you're just out there having these hundreds of squirrel moments that are pulling you off track and out of alignment. Totally. But here's something I really, really want to say, and I want this to be very, very clear to the listeners. I thought I was discerning. I really did. But I wasn't. I wasn't in my hips. And I'm going to say, at least for me, this is just my experience of life, my discernment, my uh uh uh-huh, my intuition, my instincts are in my hips. I wasn't in there. I was only in my big, wide open heart. Well, my heart loves a sociopath. My heart loves everybody. My heart loves an idiot. My heart loves an abuser because the heart's love. And mine was splayed all the way wide open, loving everybody. I could see the best in everybody. So I would trust everybody, Wendy. And I would get so used professionally, financially, romantically, all of them because I couldn't discern, but I was trying, I was trying through my open heart. Mm -hmm. It was half down. You can't get down to your hips with a closed heart. So at least I was on track. Until I integrated the traumas in my hips and then I got back into my hips that now I can discern. It's, it's, it's obvious to me, but I was batshit crazy before I couldn't discern. I would use my Ivy league, Columbia university graduate m- mind. Couldn't discern there. I would use my open heart who loves everybody. Couldn't discern there. Finally, I actually can see what I never saw before. It's totally obvious now. It's incredible, okay. isn't it? How you get to that place and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I couldn't How do it. How did I go so long? <laughs> Not know, you know, because you, you don't, you just don't know what you don't know, I think. No, I would go to a party and my body would find the abuser to master surviving. That's what my body would do. Mm-hmm. My brain, of course, would not ever do that consciously. My heart certainly didn't want to be finding the abuser, but my body would zero in because that's what it was trained. Hypervigilant, hypervigilant, find the abuser to survive, find the abuser to survive. And that's who I'd be attracted to personally or professionally. Thank mofo God. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're free. You freed yourself. And you know, even, even though all the pieces haven't completely gelled and, and locked in, you know, you know, oh. like, you know, like, you know, that you are on the right path and your life is going to just, you know, soar. Like we're talking about that Phoenix rising. You are going to be that Phoenix rising. You have gone all the way down to nothing and done all that shadow work. And now you're just going to spread your wings and fly. And I can't wait to watch. Thank you. But I also think, thank you for that, because you said not everything's put into place quite yet. What would be the purpose of a docu-series with this perfect person who's so perfect and she's so, she's got it all together. You should be perfect too. Like that's not kind, real or supportive. Like to have somebody that's still not quite got it all together, but has got a hell of a lot of work done. And so we can all be on the journey together and we can embrace our vulnerability and our credibility 
right? We can embrace our shadow and our wobbly and our magnificent knock it out of the park so that we all can keep evolving together. It makes sense to start the docuseries now rather than what I'm a bestseller and blah, 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 and I've got the guy and I got the house. And no, no, I don't have that yet. And there's no reason not live fully because I don't quote unquote have it all the way society says you should have it all together. I mean, I think when you have yourself, you do have it all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's my perspective. It's like when you're whole and complete, you're whole and complete. And everything else to me is just a a bonus. It's just magical. It's just uh, another blessing, another gift, you know, added into that gorgeous life that I live, you know, that's how I feel when I'm moving through my life. You know, I, I found that the more that I found myself, the less I needed. I yeah. still love, that doesn't mean I don't love beautiful things. That doesn't mean I don't love travel and beautiful clothes and making my house, you know, um, a reflection of me. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm in this space of deprivation. I think there's this really old program where people who were healers or, you know, um, in service in some way to humanity, they felt that there was something wrong with um, having having abundance. Mm -hmm. There was like this level of self-deprivation or something that they, they had to always sacrifice and always sacrifice, whether it was time, energy, money, um, you know, compensation, whatever it was, part of themselves to serve. And that was a huge program that I think a lot of us have had to excavate and be like, no, I'm worthy. And this feels aligned. And this is who I am. And this is what I deserve. Yeah. I like shifting from the word serve to contribute. Serve to me feels one directional. And if I receive, I'm a, I'm bad. Like you were saying, like, who am I to have? But the contribution to me, I see a figure eight when I use that word. Mm-hmm. I contribute and I'm contributed to, like it never ends, mm-hmm. is part of the giving. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly what I'm. It's just about. an energetic flow, right? It's just an energetic. Um, yeah, it's just an, it's the in-breath and the out-breath. It's the in-breath and the out-breath. It's just so symbiotic and so beautiful, right? Yeah, and both get better both grow, both evolve from that dynamic, but service one directional, this person might grow, but this person's depleted. So we all grow together. And I think we've both been in that place before, right? We're over giving and over serving and over overdoing. And, um, you know, all of it's a lesson. So we we needed to go through it all to get here, but it has been a beautiful journey. One that I wouldn't trade for anything as hard as it's been. And I, feel like you might feel the same way totally totally yeah and now that our souls collided on the way (laughs) yes and now to be able to sit back and really embrace the magic that's coming Mm. you know for both of us and in the same in the same like in breath and out breath be able to really offer and serve what we're here to offer to humanity in whatever form it looks like in whatever timing it looks like I had to really let go of a lot of my attachments to how things look when things happen I used to be really so much of a perfectionist Mm -hmm. that I had a lot of angst and suffering when things did not go according to my plan yes 
So, <laughs> you know, my entire life has been about learning surrender to my to to the universe, to my higher consciousness, to the unfolding of this life that is going to bless me in so many ways without having to have an iota of control. I was so big just to, like you said, surrender, let go, just be in the flow, have your heart wide open and just walk in your fully embodied state. Yeah. Yeah. Literally I did that on Saturday night. There was an adult prom in town and I went to the thrift store and I got myself a dress and I put all body glitter on and I, I had a couple tears. I had a moment where I went a little south. Oh, you're single, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Things. And I said, no, no, I'm, this is an, ex- I'm home with me. I love me. I'm the love of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm marrying me. I'm dating me. I'm taking me to the prom. <laughs> so good. Um, dancing YMCA with a bunch of people I'd never met before. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. oh my gosh how fun and you met some cool people too and I did I met some very cool people yeah I met some other cool conscious people in town so um yeah I showed up I showed up and I let go so that is we just so fun I'm gonna ask you before we leave to share maybe what the what the the tool or tools have been that really helped you navigate the darkest of the dark times because you've been through so much. What was the thing that got you through? I'd say the source was some courage asking for help. Like some of the sessions we've done or some of my psychedelic somatic integration sessions, the facilitator, not fixing, guiding, but holding space for me to go deeper than I could go on my own has been a game changer because it taught me I can feel all the way home mm-hmm. and I'm super smart and I eat well and I exercise and I surround myself with good people. Like I do all the normal things, but none of that would have moved the dial had I not had um, the courage to ask for help mm-hmm. people that would hold space without fixing simultaneously seeing my divinity and me experiencing, Oh my God, I can feel all the way through to well-being, to home, to wholeness. And I know that no matter whatever happens, I always have my own back that way. Yeah. Oh, I just honor your journey so much. I love you. I love you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here, being so vulnerable with your story. I think it helps so many people to hear a story that they can relate to because I think so many people are suffering silently they go through so much but they have that smile on their face they make it look so easy they you know they're armored up they're not able to be vulnerable because they're alone and it's scary you know so if you guys want to contact Alana, Alana, what's your web address or what's the best way for people to reach you Alana Pratt so A-L-L a-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. You can contact me right there. There's lots of complimentary resources to get a get a taste. There's the Intimate Conversations podcast that Wendy's been on. Um, and there's a YouTube channel, five and a half million views, lots of videos. So search whatever your topic is. I'm sure some videos will pop up. And then just get on my newsletter. I share videos every single week that are not shared anywhere else on social media that are just for those people who have earned the right to really have these deep, vulnerable moments that I've been sharing with Wendy uh, and you um, with my community. 
because across the board, what people say is the reason why they're in my world is, is my vulnerability. There's a lot of credible people out there, but not balanced with the vulnerability and they trust me because I'm real. So um, I would love to welcome you to my world. Oh, awesome. And I'll put all the links in the comments and to my audience. Thank you so much for being here with us. I know you gleaned a whole bunch of nuggets of wisdom from Alanis conversation with us today. I hope you guys be well, love yourselves, and we'll talk to you later. See you next time. Bye. Bye.